Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.mcgaugh, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome to the Follow the Brand podcast. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM. The focus of this episode is centered on leverage and opportunity. Our next guest has taken the unique skills he has acquired over 20 years of running the day-to-day operations of hospitals to the C-suite at Atrium Health. He is committed to improving the status of healthcare across this country and is in the business to make a difference in his community. He uses his skill sets in business acumen, operational efficiency, and leadership development to empower and engage his workforce by providing a platform for innovative solutions. Roy Hawkins Jr. currently serves as the president of Atrium Health North Market, encompassing Atrium Health Cabarrus, Atrium Health Stanley, Atrium Health University City, and the freestanding emergency departments in Huntersville, Harrisburg, and Kannapolis. Roy's focus is on achieving strategy execution for the market in alignment with Atrium Health's overall goal of operational excellence in key facilities. Roy has served in leadership roles in academic, for-profit, not-for-profit, and government healthcare systems. Prior to joining Atrium Health, Roy served as Senior Vice President and Chief Executive Officer of Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami, Florida. With strategic and operational oversight for one of the nation's largest hospitals, he has overseen multiple business units and premier service lines, including the Emergency Care Center, the Critical Care Division, Ryder Trauma Center, and the Miami Transplant Institute. The largest transplant center in the United States and the only center in Florida that performs every type of transplant. Prior to joining Jackson Memorial, Roy was Senior Vice President and CEO of Jackson North Medical Center, a 382-bed Jackson Health System-affiliated acute care hospital located in North Miami Beach. Roy joined Jackson Health System after serving as the Chief Operating Officer of Johnston Willis Hospital, a 292-bed HCA-affiliated facility in Richmond, Virginia. 
In that role, he led the organization through a record-breaking year in patient volume and spearheaded the hospital's efforts in achieving comprehensive stroke center certification. Additionally, he had executive oversight for the hospital's emergency department, surgical services, and Sarah Cannon Cancer Institute and their rehabilitation unit. Roy also has experience in various veterans affairs and healthcare organizations, including serving as interim CEO, COO, and Deputy Medical Center Director at James A. Haley Veterans Hospital in Tampa, Florida, as well as holding numerous executive positions at VA Sunshine Healthcare Network in St. Petersburg, Florida, Orlando VA Medical Center, and VA Southeast Network in Duluth, Georgia, in the Miami VA healthcare system. Roy holds a Bachelor of Business Administration degree from Howard University in Washington, D.C., and a Master of Health Administration degree from Florida International University in Miami. Listen as Roy Hawkins Jr. connects his passion with his purpose. Welcome, my family, my friends, to the Follow the Brand podcast today. As always, we always have a special guest. I'm going to do a surprise for you today, because normally I would say from sunny South Florida, but no, not today. We're going to talk about North Carolina. We're going to talk about the newest addition to the Atrium team. We're going to talk about Mr. I don't think he has a title of CEO anymore. I think he's more system president or market president or North market president. We're going to know more about that as we interview the one and only Roy Hawkins Jr. Grant, how are you, my friend? This is extremely uh, an honor and a pleasure to be a part of your podcast today. But I have one minor correction for you. Yes. I am always South Florida. I am <laughs> always a South Florida man and to my bones. <laughs> that is my home. That is where I was reared. And that is where I will forever call home. So I'm on a slight journey now here in Charlotte working for Atrium. Um, but South Florida is always home. So you can always equate me with that. Go Canes. We're going to that's <laughs> see that's recorded. That's in stone. So you Tar Heels and, you know, what they got the, the Carolina has a football team up there. I think a small football team, maybe oh, not on, as man. historic as the Dolphins, the but, Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> but I know the, you know the Panthers are good. They're doing their thing, but I think we're going to the Super Bowl this year. Just so always you know, a so. Dolphin at heart, brother, always <laughs> a Dolphin. So tell us, um, you're now in this new locale. Give us a little context of, of your journey for these last two, three to weeks or months. Wow. Thank you for the opportunity, man. And I'll tell you just, just how, you know, how timely this um, conversation is between us. You got me on the first day of my new job. I am literally still finding my way to the parking lot, to the restroom, how to work the Zoom camera, let alone take out uh, time to talk to a friend on such an important topic. So, you know, you asked me specifically about this transition here to Atrium Health, which I'm honored and, and extremely happy to be a part of the Atrium family. You know, this is an opportunity for me to really take the skills that I've acquired over the last 20 years, man. To say 20 years, that, that's a long time. I, I'm getting really old here. <laughs> but to take the skills <laughs> yeah, of yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing, right? 
the, the take the skills that I've acquired over the last 20 years are really running hospitals, uh, the day-to-day operations of hospitals. And this position really allows me the opportunity to be more strategic, to really work on a system of hospitals. I'm responsible for three acute care facilities, um, four freestanding emergency rooms, and a host of other care sites that are here in the North Market of Charlotte for Atrium. This gives me an opportunity to really think strategically about how to create synergy and alignment amongst those facilities that I'm responsible for, but also how ultimately do we um, provide broader care to um, the residents of uh, uh, Northern Charlotte, Cabarrus County um, in North Carolina. So I'm really excited about that uh, uh, opportunity. And, and I'm excited for you. I'm very excited. I first I had reservations and I thought about it. And then I stepped back and I said, man, he is working for some really good people that have the community at heart. Uh, I've seen and talked to Eugene Woods. I, I've seen him present. I've heard his vision. I've seen what he's doing. There's been a lot of acquisitions. There's a lot of moving and shaking going on. And I've seen you do the same. I, I was here when you first came back and you were at Jackson North uh, in a relatively short period of time. You are now at Jackson Memorial, the place where you were actually birthed into this world. Yes, sir. So it, it had to be one heck of an offer for you to now move from there to there. But we won't talk about that. What I want to know is this, because mm-hmm. this is a personal brand show. And the reason I brought up a little bit of your timeline just now is that you're leveraging something within your skill set year after year, season after season, you're making the moves that are an upward trajectory that a lot of people would like to know about. Can't emulate everything because, you know, being a personal brand is very unique, but we'd like to hear about how you view your own personal brand and how are you leveraging it? You know, I love that question. And and really the the part I want to address first is the leveraging. You know, what I am leveraging is commitment. What I am leveraging is passion. And what I am leveraging is relationships. So, you know, what what I'm in this business to make a difference, to to actually uh, lead organizations to providing better, high quality, compassionate health care for communities that we serve. You know, all of us um, are touched by healthcare in some way or another. And having the opportunity to work for an organization like Atrium that really, really puts, um, you know, puts, they, they walk the talk. You know, you, you mentioned Eugene Woods. I've watched Gene's career for the past 10, 15 years. I've watched the work that he's led in other organizations. And I have watched how he has brought that work and that experience to the atrium system and really uh, making a positive impact on the community. He genuinely cares. And so, you know, before thinking about an opportunity or thinking about working for uh, atrium, my opportunity was to get to understand um, what was driving Gene, really to understand what his passion was, what his passions are for the work that he does. And that goes back to that point about commitment, dedication, and passion. And what what I'll tell you is that is a part of my brand. That is who I am. And so when I'm able to talk to other senior healthcare leaders in the the industry, 
and to just really have a dialogue with them about their similar passions and their branding, which, you know, for those of us who are really in this to, to impact lives, um, it's about that commitment, passion, the competency development, the leadership um, skills, the business acumen, all of those things are critically important and you have to be prepared for those. But this brand that I am building is I want to be known as a healthcare executive that really is committed to this business and the business of uh, improving the status of healthcare across our country. I think you nailed it there. Uh, people, you, you have to dig down into your own self-awareness and your motivation, what drives you, and then drive that through every single different initiative that you have. So your mark is felt not only from the, the C-suite that you're in, but all the way down to the lowest levels of the organization or even in distance. They, they, they might not even you know, meet you personally, but your presence is felt, your passion is felt. And I think that's very wonderful. That's key. That's key, Graham. Absolutely key. And in talking about just accomplishments, just what you've been able to do. Now, we've seen some of the promotion. This is back behind the scenes and how you feel about your career, your 20 year career. I won't say 20 plus. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you can, you, we'll you it can at throw that, that plus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But if you had to frame your three biggest accomplishments. Could you could you do that for us on the show? Wow. You know, I, I can answer that question um, in in in, multi, in multiple ways, and I'm, I'm in a very reflective mode right now as I've just literally driven on Monday from Fort Lauderdale by myself to Charlotte. I had a lot of time, um, a lot of time to to reflect, and as I reflect on my career. You know, I, I'm very proud of a couple things. One is I think that I'm one of the few healthcare executives who who are in this business that has actually worked in every sector of healthcare. I worked for, you know, I started my career at the VA with the federal government, where I really um, learned the importance of mission and why we do this work. You know, that 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 was that that was something that was really honed in and I honed on while working for the VA. The VA also invested tremendously in me from a leadership development perspective. So the time I spent there was well served. Then I transitioned to the for-profit setting where I worked for HCA. Their business acumen, operational efficiency um, um, uh, was, was really the focus of my time there, learning from some of the best of the best as it relates to hospital operations. Um, through my my time at HCA. And then going to the public sector with Jackson was really a labor of love. It was a community where I grew up, the hospital where I was born, and really working to make sure that the men and women, um, we were able to provide care to them regardless of their abilities to pay. And then now having the opportunity to work in an organization like Atrium, which is a huge not-for-profit organization um, here in, in North Carolina, really gives me the full gamut of, of the different sectors, if you will, uh, of the business. And so one of the things I'm proud of is that I've had that opportunity to see the industry from those various lenses. The second, and as I think about legacy and what, what, what this really means to me and for me as I reflect on my career, is every place that I've gone, you know, I have made it a point to empower people 
to engage the workforce and let them know that, you know, I have a title, but leadership has no title. And how do we get people to lead from where they are? How do we get people to feel empowered to make a difference? Because they're the ones who are on the front lines, impacting the lives of the men and women and children that we're responsible for. So, so, so that, to me, also, um, and, and, and the third, you know, it's about leaving places and organizations and people better than where you're finding, right? My success is largely dependent upon how well those who work with me and who work on my team succeed. And so looking back over my career and over the opportunities that I've had, those are some things that I'm really proud of that I've been able to really impact um, from, from this little seat that I sit in. <laughs> well, you know, we're both part of an historic association. Yes. You know, the National Association of Health Services Executives. And I remember talking to you uh, about two, three years ago, and you had made a statement that the number one thing, what sets NASI apart from all the other associations that you can be affiliated with? I know you're affiliated with ACAT. I'm affiliated with HEMS. He's a large you know, institution, been around for a long, long time. But the difference with NASI is in the network, the people, the family uh, culture. And, and I would want you to talk through that as far as your experience with NASI. You've been a national president. Just talk about, because we're going through a major change right now. We're, for the first time, I think in our history, we're going to have a chairman of the board. We're going to have an executive director at the same time. This is a big shift. Yeah, it's a huge shift. And, you know, all credit um, and love and respect to the founders of the National Association of Health Services Executives. It is an organization that I credit with shaping my professional career. In a large part, my personal life as well. I've been a part of NASI since I was 18 years old as an undergraduate student at Howard University. I have matriculated through every um, every portion of that organization from a student to an early career to a mid-career. And now I dare to say a senior careerist, man. God, time flies, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, I credit that organization with um, exposure and, 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 and what I have passionately termed um, the difference maker with NASI and so those other organizations you mentioned is unparalleled networking opportunities, unparalleled. Throughout my career, no matter where I work, the VA, HCA, Jackson, I have been able to reach out to senior level healthcare executives to ask questions, to bounce ideas off, to get their feedback, to help not only in my professional development, but also in my personal development. Those relationships that I have built over my time with NASI have proven to be, um, you know, uh, uh, essential to my growth. And that is something, not that those other organizations don't have opportunities for you to network, but the type of love, the type of um, accountability, and the count of discipline that comes from your own family is unparalleled in organizations like NASI. Without NASI, I wouldn't have access to people like Eugene Woods, like Kevin Lofton, like Marvin O'Quinn, like the late, great Percy Allen. So, you know, I can go on and on about what that organization means to me. I encourage people today continuously to seek out um, a membership 
connections and opportunity. Heck, that's how where our friendship began through Nasi. And as you look across your Rolodex, I'm sure there's many other people that you have developed uh, lifelong friendships with through that uh, our beloved association. Oh, without question. And, and the love is real. Uh, that's all I can say. We all are looking to help each other move forward. And I wanted to get that message out because we wanted to get one of the things I do with Five Star BDM to make sure that I do that as much as possible is to gain visibility, to make sure I give a platform to individuals who are doing great things within their own community, but people in other communities may not be aware of them. Other states are not aware of them. Other countries may not be aware of them. And we want to make sure that we make Roy Hawkins Jr. a household name. How about that? <laughs> oh, man. Be careful what you ask for, right? That's, that's, what, that's what they say. <laughs> Not, not, and, and that's real talk, right? Real talk. But let, let's talk about this healthcare industry. We know that it's changing. We've got COVID. COVID, if anything, has exposed the healthcare system in America for what it is. It's there. We got a consumerization. We've got uh, health IT. We, we're starting to see the shortages. We've got shortages in, in clinical workers. We've got you know, problems with access to care, you know, affordability, all those different things. How do you see yourself? creating or, or in that change or making a difference? You know, I, I love it. You know, I having talked to um, multiple healthcare executives over the course of this pandemic, you know, I have walked away from conversations with some who are frightened and don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Um, I've walked away um, talking to some who have been pretty stifled and stagnant by what's going on around them. And then I've talked to some who see this as an opportunity to reimagine, to reshape, to rethink how we deliver healthcare. That's one of the very um, biggest reasons that I'm here at Atrium, watching how Eugene Woods led this organization through COVID and watching how he has used that as a platform to continue to provide innovative solutions um, to taking care of folks um, outside of the walls of the traditional hospital is really, um, a, a, I would say, a breathtaking to sit back and watch. You know, what I see as the opportunity is just that how we've learned a lot during COVID, a lot. We, we know what our strengths as organizations are as a healthcare industry nationally and where we have opportunity. But how do we think and reimagine providing health services differently? How do we leverage technology? And I want to be very careful here because I say this to folks sometimes. They, they tense up because they think I'm talking about bringing in robots and all this artificial intelligence. No, I'm talking about data mining and be using more predictive modeling and utilizing technology like telehealth, but on a new level. How do we allow um, um, many of, uh, of the, the, the nurses or higher level clinical professionals to provide care on a broader scope, right, across their organization utilizing technology. And we're going to be forced into that because a couple things rang true from COVID, right? There is um, uh, there, there, there are a number of uh, clinicians, particularly nurses, who have either retired out of the system or what I call our novice nurses, those who are three years and under who come into healthcare realize that maybe this isn't something that they, they wanted to do. So we're going to find ourselves into a staffing crisis as it relates to the registered nurse particularly. And how are we going to be innovative to continue to provide, 
you know, compassionate, accountable, respectful care to the men and women who we serve, um, utilizing and everything that's at our fingertips, including the human touch technology and artificial intelligence. I think that's where we have to to go um, in, in this next era of healthcare. Man, you're, well, you're speaking music to my ears as I, I work in both of those worlds in healthcare and information technology. And I see myself having a, a strong calling to make sure people understand technology, that they're yeah. not afraid of it, and that we utilize it every day. I tell people all the time, you may not know how to build a cell phone. You don't need to know how it works, but you need to know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And so knowing how to use the technology to enable you to do things better, quicker, safer, faster is important. And um, on scale, right? Of scale. Think about it. You take one um, highly trained RN and utilizing technology, putting her in a him or her in an environment where they can monitor patients, you know, across the continuum of care versus them with their one-to-one or two-to-one, three-to-one ratios. I mean, we have to think differently about how to use those, those that, that, that skill set to, to provide broader care. So I'm with you there. And that's really where we, um, we, have to, we have to go as an organization if we're going to um, continue on the journey to providing high-quality, safe, efficient care. Interesting. Interesting. Now, I'm going to change the conversation just yep. a little bit. And I want you to speak to our early careers, our students mm-hmm. that are out here and they're listening. And every one of them I know, because I've, I've talked to a number of them, that when they go through their MHA programs, they're taught to be a CEO. They, they, they have the goal of leading at a, at a high level. If you had to turn, if you were them right now, how would you change your career path? What would you say or be doing differently than you did when you were 25, 26 years old? You know, I think had you asked me that question a couple of years ago, I would I would have um, a different answer for you than I do today. You know, as I reflect on my career, as I just did um, on my travels from Fort Lauderdale to uh, Charlotte, I wouldn't change anything about my career. Um, I'm not a thing. You know, I I uh, went through and traveled the roads that I've traveled to get me to this place. And I still have, I have to remind people, I still have a lot of runway to go. So, um, but, you know, I want to pivot a little bit the question back to the point where you, you know, what, what advice would I give these young, um, eager, intelligent, driven future healthcare executives? And it is, you know, have a vision, have a vision. You know, the Bible tells us to write a vision and to make it clear. I really take that statement to heart. I share with people in my the, in my um, speech when I left Jackson, you know, I started my career working at the VA across the street from Jackson. My office was on the 10th floor of that building. I would look out across the street at Jackson as a young 29, well, 25, 26 year old at the time. And I would say, I'm going to be CEO of that place. And everybody that knew me, everybody that knew me and uh, knew that I wanted to be the CEO of Jackson Memorial Hospital. So that was the vision, right? So you have to write the vision and don't get dissuaded by certain paths that you may take, that you may think 
Um, it's not a straight A to Z path, right? There are oftentimes that we have to make take alternative routes before we get to where um, we consider to be our destination. But the first thing is to have a vision. The second is in, in having that vision, I, I hope that they reflect on the why. You know, you know, people want to be CEO. Um, one, do you know what that means? But two, why? Do you want to be CEO because of the title? Or do you want to be a CEO because you are truly interested in impacting communities, lives, and teammates, right? And so in that defining the why comes the passion. And, and then and then thirdly, I would say, and you've hit these things, and it's a large part of what you're doing today. Um, that's why I'm really so proud of the work that you're doing. But it is about branding. It is about connecting. It is about visibility. You know, I didn't get here on my own. You know, I got here because I have learned the power of building and sustaining relationships with individuals at all levels, those who are above me, on my, my peers, and those who, you know, are coming behind me. You have to continuously build those relationships. You got to sow into those relationships, right? And you got to just on a personal level, um, connect with people so that, that they more importantly understand what your vision is outside of a job interview understand what your, your 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 passion and the why outside of a job interview and really begin to build those things. So when there's an opportunity and they're looking for the right person, you know, Grant, Roy, you know, Tony, John, Derek, these names, they pop up and you want to be top of mind with people. So, you know, that's the focus. This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. Now, that's you know, notwithstanding the importance of leadership development, competency development, and being a master of your craft, you know, you know, on top of those things I just mentioned, it's very important that 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 you understand the work that's in front of you and that you make accomplishments and 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 work hard to achieve the goals that are set before you today. So I'll leave, I'll end by saying, you know, don't forget to do today's work today while planning for the future and setting yourself up uh, with those things that I mentioned previously. And, and along those notes, and maybe this entire podcast as we've been talking, and we didn't bring this up directly, but I'm going to bring it up because it's a big issue right now in our society. Uh, and we're talking about diversity. We're talking about equity. We're talking about inclusion. And when you look across the C-suite, Across America and in, in, in healthcare, you know, even though we make up, uh, I don't know, 17% of the population, we're probably only 3% or, or less or something like that in the C suite. So you're kind of a unicorn in that world. 
how do you sum that up and how do you how do you see this moving forward as, as we come it's almost like calling it the george floyd era <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes yes brother that that i love the fact that you said the george floyd era because that's that is what podcast about that um, and here's what I'll, I'll before I answer your question directly, you know, I have spent a lot more time on LinkedIn lately, just connecting with other industries and learning about um, other industries. And um, I don't know if you saw recently on LinkedIn, there was um, four uh, brothers who were all uh, presidents of the National Bar Association, um, the the national bar, a lot of, of a few legal organizations where, you know, they're the first brothers to ever, you know, lead these organizations. It was just so exciting to me to be able to, to see that visually. I got to tell you, in this in this this George Floyd era, um, I think the tides are changing. I'm seeing more and more representation. We still have a long way to go, but I'm seeing more and more representation uh, in our industry, particularly, you look at Eugene Woods, who 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 was obviously all of our mentors and the muse that we used to to, to measure our own careers. But Devecchio Finley, who's now a CEO and uh, leading um, one of the major organizations here, and then you know my recent promotion uh, to to Atrium Health, and so you know I think that um, you you know stay ready so you don't have to get ready, so that when the time is called you're ready to step up and step in. And so I, I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it. And on the other note, I'm really seeing um, a females, black women, you know, stepping into positions of power and uh, leadership and authority. And um, I think that next year will look a whole lot different in a better way than it does this year. And five years will look a whole lot better than that. Um, I think that we have prepared ourselves. Um, we now have the opportunity and we now also have people, both black and white who are willing to take risk on bringing up the next generation. Wonderful, wonderful. So Roy, I mean, I couldn't have said that better. Uh, this is where we're at. This is where we're going. And this is the legacy that we're gonna leave for our children, not only our children, but our children's children. So we do have that vision. We will live out the American creed and we will not be dismayed because we are, I believe, the poster child of civil rights, human rights in this world. And that's just our destiny. And we will we will be uh, victorious in that era. Absolutely. Amen. So before I leave you, is there anything, number one, people are going to want, how do, how do they contact you? What's the best way? Is it social media? Is it email? What not? And any last thoughts you'd like to leave with us before we conclude? Well, you know what, Grant, something that I really pride myself in, and I, I say this to every organization I go to, I will talk to anybody. I will talk to uh, the cardiothoracic surgeon, the anesthesiologist, the nurse anesthetist, the housekeeper, the gardener, the porter. I'll talk to anybody because that's how I learn about the heartbeat and the culture of the organization. And so, and I also say that to those who just want one man's advice. And so I clearly am on LinkedIn. People can reach me there. And also um, my email address is Roy Hawkins Jr. at me.com. If anyone wants to, uh, again, hear about one man's journey, one man's opinions and thoughts, I'm always open, willing, and, and, and consider an honor to, to, to do so. You know, and, and, and I think I'd leave people with the whole purpose of um, 
why you're doing what you do. When people think of Grant, they think of a, a, a connector. They think of uh, someone who, who can help get visibility to those who may not be visible. And so, you know, I love the fact that you share, you know, your passion and, you know, your why with me. And that's the purpose of this podcast. And I just want to turn that around to your listening audience. You know, again, it is important that we have uh, the skill, the competency and the development to lead. We have to stay ready so we don't have to get ready. But I will also offer you this. Brand yourself. You are your own ambassador. Make connections. Find yourself to be valuable, not only as a mentee, but as a mentor. Create that network so that you can have uh, a system, a network of individuals where you can bounce ideas off of and just share from a creative perspective um, your thoughts on how to make this industry better. And um, and and those that's what it really takes to get to the next level is really connecting your passion with your purpose, um, understanding your why. So uh, looking forward to seeing many, many, because we need many, many more uh, men and women, uh, uh, particularly African-American and Black folks to, to join these ranks because we need to have a seat at the table um, to make sure that we're, we're, we're um, uh, giving our perspective on important decisions that govern the health of our communities. It has been a pleasure, my friend, to talk to you. And look, I just want to go on record. I have been on my new job less than five hours of the first day, and I am giving a podcast to my friend, my colleague, uh, and my brother, Grant, because I respect the work that you're doing, brother. Oh, man, much, much love to you, Roy, and I am very, very proud of you, 100%. And the fact that I actually live probably not too far away from your your neighborhood uh, near the uh, Dolphin Championship Stadium. (laughs) And I'm definitely going to let the community know we need, need more visibility. We need our young people to see success so they have a path forward. So they get that vision and that drive. That's what drives me. This is what Follow the Brand is all about. I want all of you to continuously to follow the brand. We are building a five star brand that you can follow. So make sure that you tune in to us at www.5starbdm. That's B for brand, D for development, and for masters.com. Until then, talk to you later. Thanks a lot, Roy. Thank you.